Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Turning Point. This week we focus on women's cricket, the achievement of Mithali Raj's girls down under who played a test match in Australia after 16 long years. And this for the first time they played a night test. What's even bigger is that they managed to draw the match. Some stellar performances coming from their batters as well as their bowlers smriti mandhana was adjudged the player of the match for her 127 runs to talk about the impact of the series i am joined by the former general manager of cricket operations of bcci sabha kareem who looked after these women cricketers during his tenure in the bcci also joining me is sharda ogra senior sports journalist Thank you very much Saba and Sharda for joining me on the podcast but before I dive into the discussion with them let's listen in to captain Mithali Raj on what she feels has been the impact of this test match how big it is for her team Well uh, uh, against the best side definitely yes against the Australians I think it is one of the best uh, team performance uh, in this format uh, though I think we've played having eight debutants in 2014 winning a test in England against uh, uh, England team who just won the ashes that was also very close uh, but yes as I said on the Australian soil playing against them uh, the girls really put up a, a great show Sabab 2017 they came up with a splendid result they reached the world cup finals 2020 was another big moment i would say a watershed moment in women's cricket uh, in india and world over would you say that 2020 was in a way the turning point Well, I think it all started from 2017 World Cup. You know, Rika, many people don't, um, maybe are not aware of this, that 2006 onwards, uh, women cricket in India came to the fold of BCCI. So, post-2006 is the time when um, many more domestic tournaments um, were organized by BCCI. And since then, the growth has been phenomenal. And it all, you know, bore fruit for us when in 2017, World Cup India did so well. because you know we had a very professional staff and you know the girls were getting a lot of uh, training and there were some uh, coaching sessions plus they're having these camps before um, they went uh, on this uh, they went to England for the World Cup 2017 and since then i think it's been a constant progress so i think as i said it was very important for bcci to understand the dynamics of women cricket and try and work according to that so the, that is one reason why the progress has been gradual and it it continues to grow Yes, 2020, that World Cup, T20 World Cup was uh, excellent for uh, for India because we reached the finals. We played in front of a massive crowd at the MCG. Uh, Australia did manage to win that encounter. But having said that, the way we played in the World Cup, T20 was uh, was so refreshing to watch. Um, so I think, yes, I, it is growing. It is growing, Arika. And not only in white ball cricket, but I think also in test cricket. Chadha, thank you very much for joining me to talk about... Um... the performance of the indian women down under um put things in perspective for my listeners where does this uh, draw really rank in women's cricket i regard thanks so much uh, for having me uh, on the podcast um this is huge particularly because uh, we don't play as uh, the indian women's team i'm saying we uh, the indian women's team doesn't play too much uh, test cricket you know and uh, what has been and australia is the number one team in the world australia have been dominant uh, they have played more uh, what we call days cricket 
than the Indian women do. Even in our domestic cricket, we don't seem to have a day's competition. Uh, I could be wrong, but as far as I know, that uh, it's just T Twenty and fifty overs. Um, and so to see, and Test cricket is a game of uh, uh, which requires that you show put out all your skills on display for a lengthy period of time. It's under sustained pressure, and the fact that the Indian women were able to draw this um, was great because they always were playing ahead of the game the whole time. They had taken complete control of the match for pretty much the whole uh, for pretty much the whole game. Sharda, would it be fair to say that uh, the way they have performed now and over the past uh, couple of years? they are the second best team in the world after australia you can you could argue that i mean they went to england and drew a match and and drew a match by batting out a couple of sessions it was not it right. was just, you know there was no time left and therefore they just hung around and uh, um, now they've done the same in australia so you know you can say that listen why don't these three countries get together and play like a uh world test championship kind of three way contest and see what happens at the end of it and go to a neutral venue and play and see what happens so uh um, it is it is very much um you know if you say yeah they're the second best team england will say no it's us and you say okay fine let's play new zealand will say no we are we are there as well maybe the indians should go and play a test match in new zealand um you can definitely say they're amongst the top teams if not uh, in the top 2 This was the year when the Indian women's cricket team played two test matches. One was against England in Bristol and the second was in Australia against Australia. Here's Captain Mrithali Raj talking about her experience of playing England in England. Well, see in England, uh, uh, at one point we were almost, uh, you know, uh, we were in in a verge of losing, and from there on, the the lower order actually put on a great partnership. There's Neha Rana, Tanya Bhatia, Deepthi Sharma have played well in England. Um, coming to the Australian uh, Test match, I think uh, Smriti has played well. A uh, hundred is fabulous. and uh, the way our seamers have bowled well especially in this test i think all three seamers julian of course is an experienced uh, seamer but she's been in very good rhythm along with her the two young seamers have really stood up uh, in this test match you know i was doing an interview for uh, the bbc and they asked me that uh, india and australia played 16 years ago in a test match and it has taken them 16 years to play another match what happened can i ask you that question Yeah, well, you see, um, ICC um, uh, also has realized that um, it is time for other test-playing nations. When I say test-playing nations, which means um, the the men test-playing nations, they need to come forward because right now uh, it's only uh, England and Australia who would play test matches um, as a bilateral agreement. India, the last test match we played was in 2016. uh and the issue with which icc faces right now is the other nations be it new zealand or, or south africa or even sri lanka or bangladesh uh, they don't play test cricket because um, they have yet to come to that stage of becoming a professional so many of these cricketers are still amateurs and uh, whenever um, i've had interaction with the foreign board or i was a member of the women icc uh, cricket committee we have had numerous discussions on this and they said um uh, that many uh, very few uh, professional cricketers play in these nations that is why for them to get together and embark on a long tour is not is not so easy so there is work to be done on on, on that front also but i'm happy at least things have started at least india has got back to uh, play test cricket and i'm sure icc would be uh, trying his level best to maybe get new zealand maybe get uh, south africa involved in this system because you know i i, I really enjoy this uh, multi format concept 
So now, whenever India travels to any other country, that needs to be encouraged, and maybe get one test match also um, in the in the series, so you can play T20 one day as well as uh, Test cricket. In the current times, the fixtures, uh, you know, uh, there are so many series and the matches. Uh, the fixtures have been very flexible, and so are the players because we understand in in what uh, scenario that we are playing the series. In fact, we should be thankful to BCCI and uh, Cricket Australia for ha- getting us the series for the players. Uh, before the World Cup, and uh, yes, the fixtures changed. Uh, it has a lot to do with the quarantine time that we've spent, and uh, and yet we get to play all three formats. So I think uh, uh, these things do happen, and as players, we are also flexible to sort of uh, you know uh, tune our mindset. Yes, uh, it would have been nice if we had a couple of days more with the pink ball, but again, just having one session and the way the girls have responded at the ground, I think uh, the uh, with so many. Uh, players playing different formats, leagues. I think they they understand how quickly they can change the mindset and fit into the format. That was Captain Mitali Raj talking about what helped the girls easily transition from the ODIs to the Test format, particularly play this Test under the lights. Ada, one of the things that uh, I have noticed gets BCCI moving is the kind of fandom around the team, the kind of sponsors they attract, the way they are spoken. Um, I think right now Indian um, cricket team has a lot more respect. Since when has the BCCI cared about fans? Let's start with that. You know, in terms mm-hmm. of so, if you are not going to pay attention to fandom. to this enormous uh, uh, sort of surge of interest and everything that's happening around the women's team uh, what are you going to pay attention to um you know i think the sponsors that they reach out to or the sponsors that reach out to them are happy for the men to be getting all the uh, goodies in that sense but there has to be that energy has to come from within the bcci of doing something for the women's team because it's just the most um you know it's not even it's just literally kindergarten stuff that they need to do at this point uh, to just uh, lift the women's team fitness their fielding all the other various uh, uh, sort of little skills that are there um to make them world class you know i remember when the south africans came and on tour uh, a couple of uh, months ago i think and they played a lot of one dayers and they played a lot of the south african women Uh, they played a lot of one days and they played a lot of t20s um everyone said oh we have this has shown us the the poor standard of the women's game no it hasn't it's not shown shown you that you have done that. that the rest of the world has moved on and you haven't you know that's what that's what it showed you that, that that's what it's there why did we lose uh, matches in uh, to um the south africans and by large margins and we lost in uh, to australia until we broke their uh, until we broke the, their long string of victories um because of the it's the small stuff you know this is the kind of stuff that used to be talked about the indian men's team in the 1990s uh in the mid 90s that you had tendulkar but you you couldn't because you didn't do the little stuff well your fielding was wasn't absolutely top of the line your running between wickets wasn't absolutely top of the line. it's the same thing shardha spoke about the fielding and the fitness standards uh, for the women's team Saba, how long would it take for our Indian women's team to have as big a support group as the Indian men have? Is that required at this stage, Rika? I think we have. Is it uh, not? No, Is I think not? we have. We have. We have enough uh, support staff. So we have a head coach. We have a, a, a batting coach. We have one or two fielding coaches. We have a video analyst, and we have uh, uh, masters, and we have physios. 
So I think we have about 10 or 12 uh, support staff. So whenever there is a need, I'm sure we stay will be more than happy to assist. And I think we have seen this for the past 2 3 years. Um so so it all depends on the management. If there is a request from the team management that they they need an extra support staff, I'm sure we stay will look into it. I remember last year we had a bowling coach also. and we had a spin bowling coach hirwani was involved we had a pace bowling coach so we had subroto banerji involved um wv raman till at that point of time was the head coach and right now it is ramesh pawar who has done a very good job for 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 the indian side then you have ss das as a batting coach and all these are former internationals now with great credibility and proper coaching certification you know it's uh, women's cricket has grown and what i see now by talking to you know various commentators and uh, talking to cricketers across uh, various other country is that the kind of respect that indian women have indian women cricketers have do you think that respect that we see is far more outside of india than in india the reason i'm saying is that this time around seven girls have been picked up for the big bash league uh yes i would say that um, we see the same thing here in india now rika and i think you know one should also sit back and see that women cricket or any um, women's sport in india is a reflection of the society we live in so if we start to respect and empower women in our society it will be reflected uh, in the performance of the athletes and the way we look at them so i think i see that happening now in india which is remarkable um and uh, when you talk about the the women big bash league in australia the number of players have gone up is because of the impact indian cricketers are making at the international level uh so the past 2 3 years uh, we have hosted number of foreign teams have come to india we have done well against them we have traveled outside uh, we have performed quite well there india a team last year i think before the world cup toured australia some of the players in that india a side managed to get selected for the national team um and um, the foreign nations and the, and the administrators and the coaches and the players they have realized the kind of talent india has and uh, some of them have come and played in the women ipl three or four matches here so they they understand the dynamics of women cricket and the way it is growing so a lot of work still to be done but i think it is heartening the kind of pace which we have seen uh, the growth of women cricket in india one of the significant uh, shifts in women's cricket today is the kind of respect this bunch of girls get from the opposition The young girls are respected and so are the senior citizens like Mitali Raj and Julan Goswami who have created a conducive ecosystem for the younger bunch also help them develop mental fortitude. I think uh, what Mitali and Julan have done is is show the younger generation consistency and longevity of their excellence you know and what we are able to do Mitali and Julan is that look what happened even in Australia um the indian team batted first i think they australia won the toss and put them into bat am i right or am i wrong yes yes, yes. so they yes. batted first the moment the australians came out to bat um the australians bowlers that are well trained uh extreme, much better fitter uh, supported uh, handsomely by their board and so on and so forth they couldn't make enough breakthroughs into the indian uh, opening partnership look at what happened when when the uh, indians came to bowl um, julan and pooja vastrakar were able to take wickets make breakthroughs everyone will tell you oh it, that happened because it was under lights and everything but too bad i mean the australians uh, put the indians into bat they could have batted first it's you know that's not so it's it's that kind which shows you that you are still able to stay Uh, 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 compete at a level that is uh, the one that is required of you in all formats of the game, and I think that consistency and longevity, given the fact that uh, Julian and Mitali have been through possibly very the empty years 
the barren years of women's cricket you know from say 2006 onwards uh, when the bcci took over till the point till about 2014 when 13 or 14 when they started getting their contract and that's another saga so i think they have sort of literally survived this through the barren age because of their love for the sport because of the fact that uh, um, you know they still wanted to play uh, and i think that is what is the most uh and across formats as well and that is what is the most admirable thing is that it's so easy for them to have been bitter and and, and given up mm-hmm. and to see their example i think is what the younger generation says look we'll have more opportunities hopefully um and that's the standard that we need to be chada while we talk about their performances and the administrators their lackadaisical attitude towards women's cricket we also have to talk about sweet stories that are emerging out of uh, you know women's cricket particularly you know i'm just taken in by the sisterhood between the two openers i think it's 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 lovely uh, to to watch them uh, you know together skriti uh, mandana seems to mandana seems to be a very uh, um, you know open and a friendly and a generous person who sort of reaches out to everybody and 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 is able to interact and chat and talk and and it's great with shefali because shefali is much sort of uh she's younger so there's just more uh, raw fresh energy that's there about her and then you've got this older player that's with them and they and their partnership is also lovely because they're such fun to watch uh together uh, smriti is just a, a a beautiful batter she's left handed so it's just magic and uh, uh, shefali is sort of uh, everyone says sevak but she's her own person in, in that sense so you hear stories about them and they and they're talking and they're chatting and they're joking in their songs and i think they'll have a lot of fun uh playing um, in uh, big bash you know uh, being part of it and we've also seen jamaima uh, rodrigues and and uh, smriti do a lot of shows on um, online on youtube and so on and uh, it's great that you get this uh, you know that these messages are sent out of of the fact that there is this sisterhood because normally the whole story is that oh, women are they hate each other and they gossip and they are each other's biggest enemy and that's all rubbish because you're seeing you're seeing an absolutely different example of the you know, women's cricket team and I can say the women's hockey team as well, and um, yeah, so it's just lovely that they're able to stick together and all this. I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of war stories to tell, but they won't tell it now. We'll find out later uh, when they can, um, you know. But I'm sure they've had a lot of fun being together, despite they're in COVID, they're in lockdown, they're in bubbles, and playing and succeeding and doing well. And the more you succeed, the more the better you do, the more you win. Uh, the more this sort of camaraderie, friendship, sisterhood uh, just gets stronger and stronger. Shada, I'm just loving these stories of sisterhood, and let's listen into uh, Smriti. We both actually just enjoy batting with each other, uh, be it any format, and uh, and yeah, I think we discuss the same thing that just go out there and enjoy, and we just try and back each other. Like if she is having some problem with something, she I will go up to her and tell something, and if I am like say if I chased one ball outside, she came to me, she like didi bhot bar ka hai, mat khelo like so like. he said that don't play it's too outside so don't chase that ball so it's like uh, we have a good conversation and i think that kind of helps and maybe it's helping us in the test format that we are telling each other where our off stump is and if we are chasing the ball playing three formats parallelly means that this bunch of girls have developed a great deal of game awareness they are able to entertain and add value to all three formats of the game and that brings us to the key question One final question. Now that we know that women's cricket is also a marketable proposition, how far are we from seeing a full-fledged women's IPL? How far do you reckon? Ah, uh, 
you need to speak to BCCI officials Rick, about this, isn't it? <laughs> we have had a um, pretty successful exhibition game or three or four matches of the past two seasons. I think uh, two years back or three years back, if you recall, um, uh, we had only two teams. Now, uh, last season or even before that, we had three teams. So there is uh, some improvement on that front. But I think many people forget that um, uh, men's IPL is a huge success because of a very strong and a dynamic uh, domestic structure. And I think there is still some work to be done for women cricket. For instance, in women cricket, we don't have under-16 uh, tournament at this stage. Um, so right now, even uh, for domestic cricket in India, uh, you know, an under-19 cricketer plays under-23, even the seniors. So the number of players you expect from the junior level to come through the system that has that has yet to take place, and there is work happening on that front also. So I think first we need to work more on on having a very strong dynamic, a very strong and a very professional domestic structure. Maybe increase more number of matches, add under 16 interstate um, tournaments, and then maybe two year, two three year down the line, one can always look at um, organizing a women IPL on a full fledged scale. And that will perhaps be the real turning point for women's cricket in India. A full-fledged IPL like the men will throw up a lot more talent and help India become a dominant force. A dream of the greats of Indian cricket like Mitali and Julan. With that, we've come to the end of this edition of Turning Point Podcast. Do mail me with your suggestions on rika at ndtv.com. For now, it's a goodbye.